verse 12. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, this morning, each and every person here, this church body, this family. We pray that you would strengthen us and build us up this morning, that you'd speak by your spirit. Lord, you'd give us uh, eyes to see, ears to hear. Lord, that we'd be able to understand what you're trying to show us and that we'd be encouraged and that we would grow. God, so we pray that you bless this time uh, this morning and um, we just give it all to you and uh, ask that you'd minister in this place to each and every one of us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, So last week, uh, we talked about spiritual gifts. um, And Paul had said, I don't want you guys to be ignorant about these things. Uh, because it's something it's easy to be ignorant about, right? And what is a spiritual gift and how are they manifested and how do they work? And if you missed that, you can catch up. We've got the podcast and uh, you can kind of catch up on what we went over last week. This is kind of a continuation of that and uh, in a practical way showing the purpose of gifts and the purpose of everyone edifying one another as we see this beautiful illustration of the body, the, uh, a body and us being a body, being connected, being united and diverse and the, the, uh, really how much we need each other and how much stronger we are when we are in unison with each other. So, um, it's kind of continuing on with that. Paul really starts the book of first Corinthians with a similar theme. Remember they had like gift gifting big time things were happening in the spiritual gift realm in Corinth. Uh, but they had other issues and one of their issues was division. They struggled with division. And he says in, in uh, chapter one, verse 10, he says, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak, you all speak the same thing. There be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So he's at the very beginning, it, he set the tone. I want you guys to be unified. I want you guys to, to, I'm pleading with you. That you be joined together and have the same mind, the same judgment. Be on the same team. It's not a competition. There are things in life that are competitions. This is not one of them, right? Especially for competitive people, it's kind of hard to turn that off, right? You start, like, competing a little too much. We're playing Words with Friends right now, Tori and I. And I'm, I have no mercy. I will, I will sit there for 45 minutes to try to find the very hardest word. And it's, that's my wife. I'm not, I don't need to be in that kind of competition with her, Right? And she's pretty soon she'll just be like, I'm not playing with you anymore. Because she'll play it really fast and she's just there for fun. I'm not there. I'm never, it's not fun for me at all. I haven't had fun for years playing something like this. But this is uh, not the place for that. It's the place to be joined and united. And Paul's going to get into that. Verse 12, starting verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ really practical picture here, right? It's something that we can all understand. Uh, We have a body, right? Everybody here has one. I believe, um, you show of hands. If you don't, uh, that's okay. Uh, but the, the key to a body's success is its ability to work together, right? That's like 
basic things. Like you see a, a kid learn how to crawl, a kid learn how to, you know, then they learn how to walk and, and to feed themselves. And when, what's the first thing they do when they get a spoon in their hand? It's not going in the mouth. It's not like this beautiful, like, you know, where they're like, oops, it got a little bit of my, no, it's like, eh. and you're like, oh no, that wasn't it. And they're like looking and they're trying to find it or they, you see them walk and it's, not great, right? Because they have to learn to get their body to all work together in unison. It starts at a young age, but it continues on. Uh, um, anything you do, it, whether it be athletics or swinging a hammer, it takes coordination in your body working together. You know, we play the softball team. A swing is all about coordination of hips to hands to eye. To, it's all very important, and it leads to good things, success. So we need our body to be working together. And we all understand that when our body's kind of against each other, it causes issues. And so we know Christ is the head. He's the one that's calling the shots. And we have a, a, uh, calling to just be the part of the body we're called to be. We're all different. We're all different members, but we're all very much important Verse 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Jesus is our core. You, you know, it's funny is like when you, when you're younger, all your friends are people that are the same as you, right? Like that's, that's what you have in common. You like Pokemon. I like Pokemon. You like sports. I like sports. You know, you like playing chess. I like playing chess. You're my friend. You know, those people over there are not my friends because they're different, right? But it's funny as, as you grow in the body of Christ, a lot of times you meet people that aren't in your same age group even, that aren't in the same uh, part of life, have very different tastes. But Jesus as your core, that is all you need. And you can have amazing fellowship, amazing communion, amazing. It's just beautiful, right? I, that's here, right? This is the family thing where we like can love each other no matter where you're at in life. Jesus is the core. That's the main thing to understand. One other thing to think about is that you're not better because it talks about uh, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. You're not better than anyone and no one's better than you. <laughs> like in the sense of we're all on the same level playing field, which is great news because this world likes to rank us, Right? Words with friends, I'm ranked, and it's not that good, okay? You know, like, our softball team is ranked, and that's even worse, you know? But there are rankings in the world, but we're not under that. Whether slaves or free, Jews or Greek, it really doesn't matter. We're all baptized into one body. We are one in him. And no one is more important than anyone else in that body. He says, for in fact, the body is not one member, but made up of many. What makes a well-functioning body is all those many members working together. Verse 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Uh, you know, it's, it kind of sounds crazy to think about our body rebelling like that. Like your foot just saying, I'm done on strike, you know. I better not cross that line. You know, like this is, we are picketing here. This is, I'm not into this. I have constantly covered. It is, you know, what's like down in here. It's hot. I'm covered by a sock and a shoe. This is not what's up. I see your hand moving all free, you know, 
Hands, hands, get everything. Thumbs up. Yeah. What does a foot get? You know, or out the door. You know, this is not what you want. The foot, you know, if they were to say to the hand, this doesn't make any sense to us because our feet don't rebel against our hands. They work together in unison. We works well. Um, envy and covetousness kills the effectiveness of the body. That, that is competition. That is that same kind of ranking thing, covetousness and envy. We look at others and we say, how come I'm not like them? I wish I was like them. That is not just in the body, but life in general. If you want to be like somebody else, like that's not good. <laughs> Like God has made you specifically to be who you are. And that's a good thing. He's got a perfect purpose for you. Um, And then he says, and if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Think how limiting and not to mention disgusting this would look, right? If if you had ears for eyes, you know, there's something like, there's things you see, and, and those are like some of the things that are most disturbing to me. Is like when people have ears instead of eyes in pictures or something weird like that. Or, or there's eyes over here, and you're just like, ah, you know, that, that doesn't belong there. Don't go there. We don't want that. And, and as great as an eye is, we get great advantages from being able to hear. We're limited if we don't have ears, right? And we're limited if we don't have eyes. Both are important. They both work together. So he says, uh, verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? There's value and purpose given to each member, uh, but the greatest strength is is in the body's unity, right? Each part is important, but the most important is the fact that it works together as a unit. Um, And so... If we're all one thing, we're going to be missing out on some really important other things. I have in my little notes here, it says, don't just lift arms, right? As you remember those guys in high school that just lifted arms? It's, it was called curls for girls, right? And they would just try and get buff in the arms. And then they'd always wear jeans. But, the, you know, PE, they have to wear shorts. And they wear shorts. And you go, oh, it's just a bone down there you know it's like chicken like there's no nothing there right and so you actually they're like all you know arms and, and chest and they're like walking around like this and then you accidentally bump into them and they fall because they're just like it's like top heavy and they can't get up you know like the legs can't they can't get the legs up from under them anyway this that's a real thing people would do that but the fact of the matter is you need your whole body working together in unison and and to actually be strong what's more important than your arms is actually your legs right Do we know this? Your legs are more important. It's what brings power to the whole body. And of course, the core, and then you got to work it all out. It all works together. So to think that you, because you're not one thing, or or to think that we all need to be one thing would just leave us extremely limited. Of course, we're talking about a human body, and, and it's the same thing in the church. If we all were exactly the same, it would be a messed up church, because we're all a little bit off, if you, if you haven't noticed, right? Like, and, and you can see it with me, I'm, I'm sure, right? And I, and I can see it with you. Uh, we're all a little bit off in our own way. And if we are all, the, you know, the, one of the most dangerous things you can have is a friend who thinks exactly like you. That is like trouble. Because it's like doubled you and that's too much. 
We don't need that right now. Like that's that it's like a super powered you and all the strengths and all the weaknesses, you know, it's a freight train. You need people that bring balance and in the body, we need one another to bring balance, to encourage and to uh, sometimes discourage certain things in our lives. Discourage in an encouraging way, right? Okay, there you go. But to bring people to the place where they can see it better, like I, I needed to see that. I couldn't see that. And if, if you have a, a room full of pure adventurers, nothing's getting done except for adventuring, right? We're just gone all the time. We're never, you're never going to see us. We're just going. Everything's a party. And people are like, oh, who cleans the bathroom? Like, somebody does that? I didn't know. You know, I'll just go outside, you know, no problem, you know. Your life is going to be limited, especially if you have a whole church like that. Someone walks in the door and they're all, oh, this place is disgusting. Let's go. You know, like this is not where we need to be. This is not our church. I can tell you that right now. But at the same time, if you don't have that adventurous kind of like uh, go for it kind of spirit in life, man, people who are, are, are mellow and they're like, oh, my idea of adventure is getting a good book and reading that on the couch. You go, okay. Maybe you need to be pulled outside a little bit and get a little sun and you can enjoy your life a little more. I don't know. But we kind of need each other in that sense. Same thing in the body of Christ. We need people that can help us in ways that we're weak. Last week we talked about evangelism, right? And and teaching and all these different things that you might be gifted in personally. You need to let that be part of who you are to encourage the people that have not been exposed to that at all, making us all more well-rounded and as a church body, much more well-rounded, exposing and helping and encouraging and being there for one another. But God, verse 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. This is good. Because whose idea is this? Who, who, whose idea are you? Who has the blueprints? Who designed you? It's God. So he doesn't make, he designed you for a purpose. He doesn't make mistakes. He designed you, yes, you, as a per, for a purpose. To be who you are in him. This, that's the poema, the workmanship, this beautiful out, like, so the world can see, like, you're my workmanship. You're created for good works so that, that, I, that you, you know, I'm glorified in who you are. I didn't mess up with you. I made you the way you're supposed to be. And, and now let, let's make you into that. Let's use you in that way to be the member of the body that you want to be. It's always, the grass is always greener, right? Oh, let's, you know, let's, this place is terrible. Let's move somewhere else. And then they move and they go, oh, it's, it is worse over here isn't it? And now we don't have any friends, you know? I thought this was the promised land, you know? Or any, anything like that in life. It's like, oh, got to get out of this apartment. And then, then you move and you're like, oh, I missed that apartment. Life was so simple, right? Yeah, it didn't have the same more, you know, whatever. I got to get onto this and move on to that and do this and do that. And, oh, just get to where I need. It's like, just trust God that he has something good for you. He has made you who you are to do certain things in the body. And if you aren't doing that, we are hurting as a body. And the, the bigger church is hurting. 
like the, the global church, because we're not who we're supposed to be fulfilling how we're part of the even bigger body. But God is, he's set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. He's made you for a good purpose, for a reason, for a, a specific, you have a calling. You go, oh, no, I'm not supposed to be a pastor or worship leader or whatever. No, you have a calling. <laughs> if he called you, he's calling you to something, not just to like, oh, I'm saved. Now I'm going to hang out till I get to heaven. I'll sit on this bench. Okay, cool. This church, this church doesn't have what I was looking for. I'm going somewhere else. This church doesn't have what I'm looking for. Could it be that you're the one that's supposed to help bring that thing? Could that, is that possible that maybe you're the one that's supposed to be a part of that? God has made you for something more than just being a spectator. And honestly, like church, I was just talking to Flo about it this morning. Church in general has become consumerism, just like the rest of our culture. Like, what do you have for me? It's like, you're never going to be fulfilled if it's all about you. If it's all about like, what, what can I get? Oh, what do you, oh, you guys give bagels? Well, that, that place has donuts. It's even better, you know, sweeter right? You guys, you guys, okay. Oh, you make that kind of coffee? Well, this, they do pour overs at this church. You guys know that? So, I don't know. I was thinking about that. Oh, you guys have children's ministry. That's cool. Well, we rented out Disneyland every Sunday, you know? Okay, there we go. Yeah. What church is that? I will go. You know, I think it's time, you know, time to move on. Sorry, guys, we got to go. Moving to Anaheim, we feel called to the, to the mouse and go hang out with buddy mickey over there but the the idea that you're going to find any sort of sense of peace in that is it's off because you're called to do something not just consume you'll never be happy like that everyone who serves knows this right that you find joy in serving and and a lot of times like all right you're good good I'll, I'll do this no 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 i want to do this this is my thing this is how i serve don't take away my blessing that's the mindset of members of a body knowing their place knowing where they're at what they're called to do and that there is blessing in doing and being who you're called to be because there's unity and there's peace and god is moving in you he said and if they were all one member where would the body be if they were all one member, where would the body be? It would not be a body at all. It'd be a freak show. Any member of the, if you take any member of the body and make it all one of those things, you have like, you have like 50 hearts. It's like, you know, this is not good, right? That's not a body. That's like a, anyway, that's like a uh, donation uh, somewhere to give hearts to way to, but that's, it's, it's good. You need one heart. That's important, right? And this you're some animals that have multiple hearts, but, uh, we need one heart, but for us all to be who we're supposed to be, we need to not try and just be like one thing, be who you are in Christ. But now indeed there are many members yet one body and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet. I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. It's interesting. It says seem to be weaker. doesn't mean that they are weaker. They seem to be weaker. Um, and, and, and sometimes when you're missing those parts of the body, you realize exactly how much you needed them. And I've told the story before about when I broke my toe 
And at my big toe one time, and I ran into a thing running full speed, and I ran into a uh, like a little brick wall thing, and I broke my toe. And before I knew it, my ankle was hurting from walking weird, and then my knee hurt, and then my hip hurt, and then my back hurt, and then my neck hurt because everything was thrown off by a stupid toe. Right? You think it's just a toe? If there's anything you'd say, what's the one thing that you're willing to hurt? It just a toe. Just take a toe. I don't really, you know. It's not that big of a deal, right? Oh, it is a big deal. Matter of fact, that toe still hurts, right? I, I push it down and up and it goes pop, you know, every time. And I can, it doesn't go all the way, you know. Had that black band around. Not good, not good. But it, you recognize that thing that seemed to be dishonored was actually really, really important to my whole body. You think you can sprint on a broken toe? You cannot, <laughs> You think you can, it's not, it will not end well for you. I mean, walking alone is just, was brutal. And it literally threw everything off. My whole body was off because of my toe. You think about other things that seem to be less honorable. How about the things on the inside? We, on, we only care about those when they go bad, right? Like, what happens when your appendix decides to go crazy, right? You know, or, or it, uh, something you actually fully need. The appendix is kind of a weird situation, I guess. Maybe that's not a good example. But like uh, things that you don't even think about, like a spleen, right? When's the last time you were thankful for your spleen? Dang, spleen is good, man. I got a, s- a super good spleen, you know? But that thing goes bad. It's not good, right? I mean, it's going to be a, a horrible situation. And if it's not there... You're in big trouble. Pancreas, right? Liver, kidney. These are all important things, right, to the body. You don't see them all the time. They're kind of on the inside, but they're really doing the heavy lifting. You could live without a hand. You can't live without these internal organs that are seemingly not that big of a deal. It's interesting, like, uh, a lot of times, the, especially I've, I've worked at, like, big churches, and you get to see the people who make everything go, <laughs> And there's a lot of people who, their name's not on any flyers or anything. It's not like, you know, um, come to this with janitor Conrad Castro, you know, and he's going to be at the event. And you're like, yeah. And he's in the, he'll be in the prayer room. And everybody's like, okay, cool, whatever. That's a weird flyer, man. You know, like, but the, but the fact of the matter is these people are very much part of, as soon as they're gone, you recognize does this carpet always look like this? Or has this always been like this? Or what, how? I thought there were signs outside. Where are the signs? Well, you know, they got to be put out and then taken back in every Sunday, right? That's part of it. What? You know what's awesome is we show up. These just happen to be here, right, for communion. They're just every, I don't know, it's called it miraculous. You show up and it's here, right? Isn't that amazing? Those bagels, they are toasted, brought out, and the coffee, we wake up and the, all of a sudden, the urn, you know, things are full of coffee. It's great, you know. Thank you, Lord, for the miracle. No, there's people doing these things. And, and you want to know about the mundane tasks? Now, let's just say that John and Sharon don't show up and don't do coffee. Are we getting the picture, right? You come to church and you go, what is going on? The coffee is not here, Right? This is, this is a major problem, you know, like I'm not going to be able to pay attention. I'm not going to, you know, whatever, but there's like little things that you think aren't that big of a deal, but they actually are much bigger of a deal than you think. 
A lot of the stuff is behind the scenes. And so you think, you know, I'm not part of the big thing. No, it's not the big thing. The big thing is like a, just a fraction of what really is going on, right? It's, it's like an iceberg. Most of it is happening underneath the water. Ministry, this isn't just ministry. Ministry happens all week and, and before and after, and it's all ministry. People are ministry. The calls, the texts, loving on one another, showing up for each other, being there, bringing meals for each other. That's ministry. That's like the real thing. That's what brings people in to see, man, this is what it feels like to be part of a body, to be part of a family. So the, the things that you think aren't, aren't weaker, they're actually are necessary. Good luck trying to live without them. And those, verse 23, and those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow the greater honor. And the unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it. By the way, when you're doing what God's called you to do, the best thing you could do is, is to not care about the praise of man. <laughs> if you care about the praise of man, it's, you won't do it long because you're not going to get what you're looking for because they can't give you what you need anyway. Praise of man only, only works for like a second. <laughs> and, it's, and then it kind of almost can make it worse, right? It's not about doing it for the praise of man. You're doing it before God because he honors you and he, he will bestow greater honor, right, upon you for doing what you've been called to do. Those who, who do the honorable things, they kind of already get that honor somewhat. But those who are doing the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, it's different. Just don't worry about the praise of man. Just be who you are called to be for the glory of God, right? Colossians 3, 23 and 24, it says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. That's it. Do it heartily means do it well unto the Lord. That will change everything in your life, by the way, right? <laughs> if, you, when, if you really do it heartily unto the Lord, you, that goes into like every aspect of life. Do it with your heart and for him. Uh, oh, I never get the appreciation I deserve. You might not. That's okay. You're not serving that person. You're serving God, Right? I'm doing what he's called me to do, whatever the results look like. And that's a lot of times you don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know what the results are going to be. You don't know what's going to come from it. It's, you have no clue. And, it does, and you might not even see the results on this side of eternity. It's, if you're sowing seeds and you just kind of keep going, you may never know what happened behind you. Hopefully you get to see some of it. That'd be cool, right? But it doesn't matter. You're being faithful unto the Lord. If you're living for man... It's, it's just never going to work. It's just not going to work. He says, uh, and then it says, verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. It's like, so, you, you take, so there's no division at all in the body, but everyone cares for each other. Everyone's taking care of each other. Your body backs itself up, Right? That's actually why you start feeling pain in those things because your body's compensating to over to deal with the injury, to deal with what's going on. The body starts working harder when something's messed up, right? 
It's like, we got to help this part of the body. It's in a bad situation. Let's bear that burden. Let's get them like, let's back them up. Let's give them what they need. Let's get us back up in order. Let's do it. Let's go. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it work. And so this takes a hundred percent buy-in, right? We need, we need to have that, that kind of mentality that says uh, we should have care for one another. To look at each other like a body relies on itself to rely on each other and be reliable to each other as a body in Christ, right? It's easier said than done, I understand. And I know this, we all can do that, but uh, it's, it's important. Um, I was just thinking uh, this last week, uh, it's always crazy it's a softball thing. I'm sorry, but it's, it works. Okay. We always, the, the day of, we always have the team set and then all hell breaks loose on Thursday. There's always like something crazy happens somewhere to somebody. And it's like, I had no idea, but I'm flying to India right this second, you know, or something that's, that's not, that hasn't happened yet. But, but, uh, Chris hits us up at like two o'clock guys. I got to get an emergency root canal. I'm in extreme pain and everyone's like praying for you, praying for you, man, like praying for you. And everybody's praying for Chris. And then all of a sudden Jed says, well, why don't you can still come? Right. You know, that's what he said. And then Mo said, man up, make it happen. While Chris is in the chair. He's, he's like, I had two the other day and I went back to work. Right. Chris. That's what he said. And, uh, and so, Chris is in the chair doing, you know, having whatever happening to him, you know. And then all of a sudden we get a text at like 4.30 and says, I'm done. I'm in. Because what's interesting about that is if you don't know, Chris is our six foot 100 pitcher. He's so tall right now. But he's our pitcher and he's a really good pitcher. And we have a backup pitcher and his name is Aaron and he's right there. Okay. But what happens when Chris isn't there is that Aaron pitches, and now we've lost our left fielder, okay? So if, if Chris is gone, we can, we can cover it, but it's going to mean that it makes another hole. And now that hole has to be filled by somebody else, and then all of a sudden, the whole team starts feeling very different. And people are playing out of their positions, and our whole, all of our odds go way down. We knew we were playing a good team. So Chris comes through like a champion, right? Way to go, Chris. He, he comes through and he's like, my mouth feels like I got hit by a truck. That's what he said. And then he goes out there and the first inning, they hit the ball right at him and it hits his hand, a line drive. And we're like, Chris, you should just go home, man, you know? <laughs> but no, he's, he's in there. But the fact of the matter is, is that, he, he, by the way, if you need to not go to a game, don't go to it. It's fine. I understand that. Dan's played on rolled ankle all season, right? Multiple rolled ankles. He shows up in hiking boots. He's like, or, or work boots. This is the only thing that's keeping my ankles from breaking in half right now, you know? But it's because you're like, I need you. You need me. And when we're gone, when someone's gone, it affects everyone else. Right? I mean, and, and things happen. This isn't, this isn't the body of Christ. This is a softball team, right? But it's important, and, and the sum, uh, the, one of the best things, I think, about this, that sport of baseball or softball is it is the ultimate team game. In basketball, one really good player, like if LeBron James came here and played against our five best, he'd beat us, all five of us, by himself. If you brought Mike Trout to play a softball game against us, by himself, we will win. There's no way he'd beat us. He'd hit a home run every time he's up. Well, no, if it's just him. If it's him with a bunch of bad teammates, okay? 
He'd hit a home run every time he gets up to bat. He'd hit, it'd be three to like, three to 28 or something. Because they have no, you need a whole team. You can't do it as just yourself. And it's a beautiful thing to learn. And if all you've ever done is independent, like for yourself sports, then you don't understand this. You're missing out on something. Of needing to have other people go with you and help you and be, man, I, for us to succeed, we all have to succeed. And so it's not just about me. It's not just about my stats or my whatever. Or, or, it's about all of us doing well. So how do we help you do well too? It's not just about, I'm not worried about my swing. I'm worried about your swing. I'm not worried about my ability to get a, a fly ball. I'm worried about yours because we're all very much connected here. Because that's what he says in verse 26. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. You win as a team, you lose as a team. That is life, right? We, especially as a body. When we hurt, we all hurt. That's the way it should be. When we, when we are rejoicing, we're all rejoicing. But this is a part of being part of something, not just coming to something, being part of it. It's really interesting. Spurgeon, he was, he was hot under the collar when he wrote this, but it's got some really good points to it. He says, I want every member of this church to be a worker. We do not want any drones. If there are any of you who want to eat and drink and do nothing, there are plenty of places elsewhere where you can do it. And there are, plen- uh, and there are empty pews about in abundance. Go and fill them. For we do not want you. Told you. He's like upset about something. Something happened. Something happened that week for sure. And he says, every Christian who is not a bee is a wasp. Uh, the most quarrelsome persons are the most useless. And they who are the most happy are peaceable. And peaceable uh, are generally those who are doing the most for Christ. He's saying those who, who are part of being having skin in the game being part of what's going on and, and saying, I am one, I want to serve. And this doesn't mean like this, this is not a push for children's ministry right now or anything. <laughs> We're like, now let's pass out the serve cards. Uh, you know, like it's not a heavy pressure thing, but it is a hundred percent the truth. If all you want to be is served, you will, you can never be served enough. If all you want is, is to consume, you can never consume enough. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's enough. Oh, that's, that's enough. Oh, finally, I have enough money. Oh, finally, I have enough, you know, clothes. Is there, you know, if you're like clothes, if you're a clothes person, is there ever, ever enough, you know? If money, is there ever enough? If, you're, if it's money, like, if, is your thing? And that's what you're, is there ever enough? Just a little more, just a little more. Well, you choose to serve with what you have and, and to, and, Flip the whole system around, the whole American West, all of our thinking, the world's thinking around. We say it's about serving. It's about committing. It's about we just need to love one another and serve one another and encourage one another and be, have some skin in the game. Be part of it. Matthew six thirty three. say it all the time. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. Don't worry about the rest. Seek him. Don't worry about the rest. Seek the stuff. You'll never find contentment. Seek everything else. You're not going to get. You've got to seek him first and then you get everything else. 
Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. We are all individual. We are all different. We are all quirky, right? Ask, if you're married, ask your spouse, am I a little quirky? Um, yeah, hon, I married you. And I knew it was kind of like that. But, of course, it was worse than I thought when I got to know you better. Everybody's quirky. Everybody's a little weird. But we're all part of this body, and it's our weird body, right? <laughs> And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and a variety of tongues. So he starts going down um, specific um, kind of like offices and and, um, manifestations of the spirit being used. And so he says apostles and apostles, um, one way of describing it's like special ambassadors of the church there was like the apostolic age where before we we had been given the, the scriptures there were used to write it um that is a unique age in and of itself but there still can be the gift of being an apostle uh one thing i heard that i thought was really good is if someone calls himself an apostle run don't believe them like that is the the gift of an apostle it would be something that they don't even realize they're doing, but they're just doing it, right? A facilitator of, um, or one that's um, an ambassador, like that, that's able to bridge gaps and start cool things and be a part of, um, uh, like, blessing the church in that way. Second, prophets, much like ambassadors, if someone says they're a prophet, watch out, right? If they say they're a prophet, they better be 100% accurate or else they are not a prophet, but it can be a gift that God can use people in that gift. And we talked about words of prophecy, uh, you know, prophetic words, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. These are things that God uses, the prophetic realm. And then he can speak to us in and through. But again, people who are um, quote-unquote prophets, be careful. I remember uh, one guy in downtown San Bernardino when I was working there one day told me that he was a prophet and his, and his friend was a prophetette. And I said, okay, I didn't know that was a word, you know, like, but uh, he was like, he's a prophet and a prophetette. And they were hanging out together in uh, downtown San Bernardino, uh, just chilling, if you know what I mean. So uh, there you go. Um, (laughs) Usually people that that have that ability are not going to say that. Then workers of miracles. um, Again, we know that the Holy Spirit is the one that prompts the miracles when there's healings, when there's the miraculous. Uh, We see that in the apostles, seeing them used in miraculous ways when God prompts them to do it, gives them the ability to do it. He gives them the courage to say, rise and get up. And he gives them the courage to say, you've been healed. And he gives them the, the, the ability to do that by his spirit. So, uh, there's the workers of miracles, and that is these are all beautiful things. Then helps in administrations, ones we hear less about, but are pro- the majority of people's giftings, we can see. The idea of helps is those who fill in the gaps and assisting everything that's already going on. Um, if that's you, you're a behind-the-scenes person, you're like, I, just, I'll move chairs. <laughs> I am down to empty the trash and throw it all... Do you know how much of a blessing it is for that to happen? You walk through and you're like, all the trash is empty. Who did this? You know, like all the chairs are all set up and, and like our amazing, we have the cleaning crew that is like behind the scenes. And all of a sudden you come in and I come in on Sunday morning and it smells so good. And I'm like, this is awesome. 
you know, like, and you come in and, and there's just people who are doing the things. We have a barbecue. All of a sudden you see everybody pulling chairs. And by the way, everyone has a bit of a, we all need to help, right? I don't have the gift of helps, you know, I would, oh, I just make it worse. You know, if I was to move a chair, it, I'd make the chair worse. How would you do that exactly? Like, what would you do to the chair? I don't know. Oh, believe me. I, you know, I'd find a way. I'd figure out a way to mess it up. Uh, vacuum? Oh, don't get me started. I cannot vacuum to save my life. You can't vacuum? Can you walk? Yeah, I can walk. You can, you can vacuum. I think you can, you know? And then they watch, they like show you. They start it and it starts on fire. You're like, oh, okay. So you do not have that gift, you know? What, what do you do? I'm very interested. Are you like an X-Men or something? Like what kind of gifts do you have? Anyway, can you like... Do you think you can, like, mess up, like, hackers' computers or something with your mind? I don't know. Sorry. See, I told you quirky. We're all a little weird. That's me. You're going with me on a journey, and it's not ending well here. But uh, there's a beautiful thing in, in helps, helps and administration for those who are uh, – I love people with admin brains. I do not have an admin brain, but I love – Sherry's an admin brain. You know, I – put this whole thing together over here and I said, okay. And so we kind of like, I went through all the maps and I tried to do blocks that were pretty good size, but then she, she took them and said, Oh, now let me see. And she goes home and she says, small, big, large. And she had like a whole thing. Her and Tori are both have that like kind of organized brain. And so when we came in here the day to pack them all, I had like an idea of how it should be done. It's like, Oh, maybe we can do it like this. And Tori's like, no, no, not like that. We're going to do it like this. And I'm like, no, come on. I think this way is better. And then Sherry comes in. She's like, what were we doing? Oh, no, no. That way is not going to work. So they both had the same idea. And I said, let it go. This is not your fight. You are terrible at this. Like, just let it go. And the beautiful thing is, is as you let it go, someone who actually enjoys these kind of logistics takes over. And it's, it's done. And it's done well. I, I think if I were to do the whole thing, it'd be like, all, um... We're doing some of Carl's bad, and here you go, and you know, but this is not my like gifting is administration. But these are beautiful things that can be used to help in different things going on. Verse twenty nine: Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer is no. <laughs> we don't all do everything. But God has set each person in what we got to figure out is, God, what do you want me to do? And it starts with simply asking that question and then being open to letting him show you. The cool thing is, is, is there's a lot of stuff happening. Paul has been bugging me. He's like, dude, can we do guys night at my house? I'll make these sliders. And they're so good. And I say, Paul, yes, let's do it, you know. It's not at the church. It's at his house. He's got this awesome house. He loves hosting. He's going to take the whole day off. The house is going to be all spotless. And he really is. I mean, he's off every other Friday. Government stuff, you know. Um, I, you know, he works very hard, by the way. And he's got, just got a, he's getting a second master's. He's, he's the man. Paul, if you're hearing this, he's in Texas right now. But he works really. He, that's his thing, though. He wanted to do it. And then we had Mildred say, pasta night. Can we teach people how to make pasta? I'm not going to do that. I don't know how to make pasta. I'm going to be sitting here. I'll be the one that no one wants to eat because it's just like all mangled. That's why we got to eat the stuff that you make. And so her and Jordan were like, can we do this, this event and has this huge vision for it? And it's awesome. And it's great. 
I mean, especially we did family camp, right? A couple of years ago, family camp breakfast was pancakes and it was a jug that you put water in and shake it and then you pour it out. Here's your pancakes. There's some fruit and muffins from Costco. This is breakfast. Do you know what we had this year? Biscuits and gravy and eggs. And I mean, it was just like the most elaborate. But this is people using their gifting where they're supposed to be Gabby with her floral stuff. This, she's a gifted florist. And this is something where you say, this is something I like to do. And I can bless the body with it. And it's a beautiful thing. You see the beautiful flowers out there every week. That's Melody. You know that, floor, that the ground out there has been blown out. That's Jim. <laughs> There's people doing things. And our cleaning crew, Kevin Alonzo. There's a lot of different people. Everybody's doing things. I don't want to get into all that. Every single person. You're all doing things. But it's a beautiful thing when you see it. Because I'll never think of flowers. I told Tori, if there's a flower here and it's dead, I will never see it. I will not notice that it's dead. You have to move it for me. Because I won't know. I'll be sitting here and there will be a dead flower or a dead plant. And I won't know that it's there because it's it's just not there in my brain. But when people who care, but I do like, it feels good in here. What is it? Well, the flowers are alive. Well, that's cool. I wondered why I liked it, you know. People doing what they're called to be doing, not trying to do something they're not. Like, I don't have to be everything. You don't have to be everything. You just got to be who you are in him. Let God do that in you. And the way, remember, how do we get the spiritual gifts? And and God, it's all about going to Jesus. He's the one that will stir that up in you. It's not just like, okay, and now I'm ready to just work. No, there will that will happen. But you need to go to him first and be filled up by him. Because this is a supernatural thing. It's only for him. It's not for other people. It's for him. We're serving God with that. And then you see how that works. So not all interpret, not all speak in tongues, not all heal, not, you know, none of this stuff. But we all have something that we bring to the table. Verse 31, it says, but earnestly desire the best gift. Go for the, pray for the best gift that you be most effective, that God would use you the most in the most needed way. What does our church need? God, I pray that I have something that can add to that body. What, what does the global church need? I pray that I have something that I can add to that body. I pray that our church can be something that can add to the community of Carlsbad, to the county of San Diego, to the state of California, to the country of the United States, North America, the whole world, right? And it starts with people buying in to that and trusting and saying, all right, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to serve. Let's go. Here I am. Send me. What do you want me to do? What's my role? How do I be a part of this? And he says, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Well, you know what the more excellent way is? is we're going to get into it next week. First Corinthians chapter 13. Ever heard of it? It's like at every wedding, right? <laughs> it's like something that's still allowed to be said. It's like one of the one chapters. Love is patient. Love is kind. What is love? Anyway, we'll get into that. But Because it's like gifts are nothing aside from love. And it all starts with that relationship we have with God. And it's out of love that we serve. We're not doing it because we we have to. But we are compelled because of the great love he has for us. And the love we have for him. And it it leads us to want to bless one another. And to serve one another. And to do what he's called us to do. So this, man, I hope you're encouraged this morning. Because there's a lot of hopelessness in our world. There's a lot of like... 
where do I belong? Where do I fit? Like anxiety, depression, all of that stuff is just so sky high. That has a lot to do with the fact that people just constantly compare themselves because they see comparisons and they can't live up to a false it's like not real anyway. Like you're trying to live up to a fantasy. You're never going to happen. But we are called to be who you are, all the weird kind of whatever stuff. Like <laughs> God is going to use that. He's going to sure be willing to have some edges rubbed off. That's fine. But he wants to use you where you're at for him. It all starts with seeking him, going to him. And recognizing our need for him. And of course, uh, it's the first Sunday of the month. And we it all starts at the blood uh, of Jesus, right? Um, just got to celebrate Easter and uh, Good Friday. And what took place, you know, some 2,000 years ago of his body being broken for us. His blood being shed for us. That would bring and, and make a way for communion again with God. That ability to walk with him. That ability to be used by him. If you've been keeping up on the Old Testament reading, man, it's brutal. With that, the lives that they were living, right? Outside of God would come and he'd show up and he'd speak. Or he'd speak through a prophet. or he'd speak. It was just this, this dysfunctional, fractured society. We have been found and, and we have a way now to have communion with God. He can speak to us. We can cry out to him and go boldly before him. And so we celebrate that in recognizing his blood that, that was shed for us and his body that was broken for us. So we're going to have a song of worship where you can just, just grab the, the elements, the bread and the cup and take it back to your seat and spend time with the Lord and, and really uh, come back to that place if you need to of of repentance, reconciliation with God. And then really the next step is like, God, what do you want me to, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? How, what's the next step that you want me to take? Where am I supposed to be? And a lot of you, you're doing it. You're already there. But for those of you who are like, you know what? I feel like this is calling me into something else, into doing something, into being part of something else, to helping in, in one way or another. And, and not everybody has all the time in the world. Some of us have like no time at all. But God might be calling you to something, whatever it is. So ask him to, to, to put his finger on that thing in your heart this morning and, and then respond in uh, obedience. And I bet you you'll be blessed. I guarantee it. God will, will meet you right there and you'll be stoked on it. So let's pray. God, we thank you for, oh, your word is so good. It just, it just cuts us and.